When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So this video will be a relatively short video today. Uh, you know, I am choosing to do one this morning prior to the Fed uh, uh, announcing later today uh, the, the result of their FOMC meeting. You know, personally, I think that they're going to go ahead with the rate hike. And I think they're going to put up a dovish spin on it. They're not going to be totally dovish and come out and say, we're, we're done with rate hikes. They're going to come out and say, it's a wait and see approach because absolutely uh, the, the last thing Powell would want to do is to stop or say he's going to stop uh, hiking rates and then all of a sudden things get better. And, 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 you know, two meetings down the road, you know, three months down the road, all of a sudden he feels it would be appropriate to, to hike rates again. And, and he's kind of put himself in a corner and said, we're not going to do it. So no, I think it's going to be a wait and see approach. And who knows if things get better, maybe he can fit in one or two more hikes. Uh, this could be it though. I think this rate could be it, but, but who knows? You know, uh, I guess we'll see. I think it's one o'clock Eastern time that they'll be releasing uh, the, the uh, I guess, decision from their meeting. Um, you know, before I get started here with with this article, uh, again, sorry to my, my podcast listeners, but I'll, I'll help you read along. Get to this article talking about FedEx, uh, the, them cutting their outlook and, and what that means for the global economy, as well as another article I have here. You know, I want to do two quick shout outs, first of all, to the dailycoin.org. Uh, this is, is Rory, uh, who who has been in this community for, for a very long time. He has his own website. He's got his own YouTube channel. Um, I think he's starting podcasting pretty soon because I talked him into it. Basically, you know, he's he's beginning to do YouTube a little bit more now um, because he had taken quite a bit of time off. He actually had me on yesterday for an interview. And it should be up today. So um, I'd encourage you to subscribe to him if you haven't already. He's a great guy and he gets a, a wide variety of people on to, to talk about these things with him. So that'd be number one, Rory from thedailycoin.org. Uh, you can check out his website as well. And then also Yanking Stacking, uh, a different YouTube channel, smaller one focused on stacking precious metals and whatnot. Anyways, he's doing a thousand subscriber giveaway. As you can see at the time of this recording, he's just shy of a thousand, okay? And it's it's really generous. I mean, as you can see in this picture, if you look here, you got a silver eagle. I think that's second place, uh, one ounce silver uh, bar. That's, I think, third place. But but first place is a quarter ounce. Uh, let's see. I can't see here. I thought it was an eagle. Maybe it's a maple. I think it's maple. I'm not sure. Quarter ounce maple uh, leaf coins. That's a huge deal. I mean, it's a quarter ounce of gold, guys. That's, that's you know, 1250 divided by, by four. That's, you know, over $300. So uh, definitely check that out and subscribe to him if you haven't already. So anyways, moving on. So yesterday... Um, <clears throat> excuse my cold if I feel under the weather. I have been feeling under the weather, but uh, kind of getting through it, it just sounds worse than it is at this point. So uh, yesterday, uh, the markets rallied somewhat. And then, you know, after they closed, uh, FedEx, you know, the, one of the major shippers uh, here in the United States worldwide, uh, put out a, I guess, projection of, of you know, their own revenue profits, etc. And of course, FedEx uh, has an exposure to a wide variety of, of the economy. And certainly, 
the maybe the most important piece of our economy, and that's consumption, right? Consumption here in the United States is really what drives our economy, consumer consumption. And of course, FedEx helps facilitate a lot of that consumption in today's day and age. People shop less through brick and mortar, and they ship a lot online, or shop a lot online, and that has to be shipped through through uh, FedEx, through USPS, through UPS, and, and you know maybe a couple other smaller ones. And so what they say about you know their projections and, and their earnings and, and how much they're shipping, I think says a lot about consumption, consumption in an economy and in today's day and age, especially the U.S. economy. And basically, what they said is, well, they're they're cutting their forecasts, cutting their annual forecasts uh, because it's it's worse than expected. And interestingly, Morgan Stanley, not not a guy named Morgan Stanley, I'm talking about the bank guys. So this is a big deal. Comes out, and it's not Morgan Stanley, it's actually somebody from Morgan Stanley. Uh, analyst uh, Ravi Shanker comes out and basically says, um, you know, global trade has slowed in recent months, and leading indicators point to ongoing deceleration in global trade near term. You know, I wonder if this is more than just trade, though. It could be. But I wonder if it's also just an uh, indicator of, of consumption as a whole. He goes on to say, <clears throat> We recognize that global growth has slowed, but we are very surprised by the magnitude of the headwind, which is what might be seen in a severe recession. We believe global growth concerns are also likely to get worse before they get better next year, which could mean more of a drag on fiscal year 20 year, uh, fiscal year 20, uh, 2020 uh, earnings per share. So basically saying for stocks, this is bearish. This is signaling that... that uh, Earnings are, are going to be worse. You know, he's talking about fiscal year 20. <clears throat> um, so I wonder if, if he's talking about FedEx or, or stocks as a whole. But um, So that's important. But, but what I, I like there is he's like say, saying, wow, this is, this is bad. This is almost like we're in a severe recession right now. Like, what's going on here? Um, and, 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 you know, <clears throat> we have to check our biases. We have to look at this from both angles. Is this a signal that the economy is slowing significantly? Or does it more have to do with with just the industry? You know, for whatever reason, is some shipping being shifted to to other uh, shippers, uh, UPS, the Postal Service, and and you know some other ones out there? Or is this an indicator that we're actually heading up on a severe recession? I mean, I think you know. It's just a very interesting uh, statement. I don't know if if this Ravi Shanker uh, maybe meant to put it that way. You know, he might have just been saying like, "Wow, this is this is bad." It's almost like they're behaving like we're in a recession, um, and just kind of threw it out there, not realizing that like maybe there's more truth to that than than he thought. I don't know. I don't know this guy's perspective on things. You know, maybe he that's exactly what he was saying. Um, but interesting to say the least. Um, you know, the, the big story here is not that. Uh, you know, FedEx is is uh, tanking, whatever. They'll recover, I'm sure. I don't know. Uh, eventually, I'm sure they'll end up in a bear market like many other stocks. But this isn't the end of the world for FedEx. What's What's interesting here is that you know they they can be a leading indicator for the economy as a whole. And so that's something to keep an eye on. I mean, we see so many leading indicators of the economy because when it's all said and done, when it comes to what's the official GDP number, are we in a recession? You know. A decrease in, in GDP for, I think it's two quarters straight. You know, that type of data takes a long time to, to be released, and then it's revised, it's revised again. I think it's revised three times when it's all said and done. And a lot of times we don't know we're in a recession until we've already been in one for 
quite some time. But leading indicators like, hey, shipping or consumption as a whole or uh, you know certainly other markets, what's going on in the housing markets or, or what's going on with the oil price, which, by the way, is, is dropping and, and, and you know, people are worried. Why is it dropping? It's it's not so much the oil price drop, which which I think is a valid concern, considering I think the risk that it puts uh, a lot of of, of uh, energy companies here in the United States and Canada at in terms of, of low oil prices, shale energy. I think it's damaging to that industry. But why is it dropping so much? Is it just that we have a glut of oil, or are there some some concerns about demand? Some concerns about demand because of a global economic slowdown. So, interesting, uh, uh, you know, leading indicators. I think you'll see a lot of these things uh, um, precede uh, this this so-called severe global recession that Ravi Shankar is is talking about here. Uh, next article that I also want to talk about is is another one about the Fed. You know, uh, last week I did one on on. Uh, uh, Janet Yellen, she's talking about gigantic holes in the system and and the potential for another. How she's worried about another financial crisis, despite in 2017 saying uh, she doesn't see it. You know, she doesn't see another financial crisis in her lifetimes or in her lifetime. She's worried about one now. So, Alan Greenspan, you know, long, <clears throat> sorry, long-term Fed chairman who uh, left in 2004, 2005. Uh, you know, after the dot-com bubble, but. While the housing bubble was kind of being inflated, Bernanke took over, uh, and of course those two combined kind of uh, popped that bubble. But but he's warning that that this uh, bull market in the stock market is is over. So basically, you know, uh, I'll bring you down to the text here if I can. All right, um, with given. Uh, the, the the recent weakness in stocks, he says it would be very surprising to see it sort of stabilize here and then take off. Greenspan told CNN's Julia Chatterley, adding that while markets could still go up further, at the end of that, run for cover. So it's interesting. I mean, he's right. Markets are down quite a bit. It would be surprising to see a bounce, especially heading into Christmas time. And, and of course, it depends on what the Fed does uh, later today. But expecting a potentially a bounce, but, but once that's over, or maybe the bounce won't come, um, run for cover. That's That's interesting. And of course, you know, if you go down here, it, it, it's so hard to get information because I'm not a huge Greenspan fan, right? I know some people here in this you know community are, are huge fans of him. Like, hey, like he's a, he's a he's a fan of gold. He's a he's he's got solid economic views, and yet um, time and time again, you, you uh, I don't know his his tenure at the Fed um, certainly didn't solve a lot of problems. Uh, it's, it was I think pretty ineffective, and maybe achieving some of these economic goals or monetary goals or foreign policies that you or I might espouse. So I don't know about that. You know, even going down here, um, he, 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 I think has given an, another sign of, of just kind of a, maybe a lack of understanding of kind of what's going on. Not a lack of understanding, but, but come on. Like, so he says, Greenspan, meanwhile, told CNN that a key factor in recent volatility has been a pronounced rise in real long-term interest rates and that the United States may be in store for a period of stagflation which he called a toxic mix of high inflation and high unemployment last seen in the 70s and 80s. How long it lasts or how big it gets, it's too soon to tell. We'll know it when we get on top of it. Um, and so even right here, talking about, in this case, he's talking about long-term interest rates. So he's not just talking about like the Fed funds rate. He's talking about, you know, the 10-year treasury and, and whatnot. But he, but even that, you know, it's is it interest rates, high interest rates, which by the way, are not very high. 
He's right. They've risen, but they're not high. I mean, look at the 10-year right now. The 10-year is uh, um, at a 2... You know, just shy of 3%. You know, I... <laughs> interesting story here. So last night, you know, it's Christmas season. Last night I was watching a movie that I had never seen before, which will probably disappoint a lot of you guys. For Watching it for the very first time. Uh, Die Hard. Okay. I know, I know. It's it's embarrassing to even say that. It was a great movie. Uh, I was glad I watched it. Um, but, so... The whole premise of the movie is is uh, Alan Rickman, uh, Snape from from Harry Potter. He and and his goons are are going into this this uh, you know this uh, luxury office building where this this wealthy I think trading corporation or whatever uh, this big financial institution is is at and and they're having some Christmas party. Well, they take everyone hostage. They break into the vault and uh, they they steal what's inside, which is from my understanding, a a ton of U.S. government bond notes. U.S. government bonds, right? I think it was like $600 which, you know, back in the late 80s was a lot, okay? Well, there's this line in there where where he's talking about, you know, how this is all going to play out. And and in his mind, he sees this playing out as him sitting on a beach making 20%. Talking about, I would assume, the yield on those bonds. You know, that's supposed to be... Ten-year, uh, twenty-year, 20 thirty-year bonds, um, which that would have been a reasonable interest rate back then. Twenty percent might have been a bit high by the end of the eighties. I don't know, um, but that's what you know. That's what interest rates used to look like. Maybe that was too high, but today, you know, the ten years below three percent. That's that's very low, um, and so it's not the problem that interest rates are rising. I don't think. It's not the problem that interest rates are too high. Rising rates, or high rates, if you want to call them high, they're exposing a problem, okay? They're exposing a problem that, A, the economy cannot function without ultra-low interest rates. And B, hey, maybe those rising rates are exposing the fact that we got a ton of debt here in the United States, right? What, what is it that I always say on my channel? That, hey, people have talked about debt for a long time. The national debt, consumer debt, corporate debt. People have sounded the alarm for a long time on this. And yet, year after year, it just seems to not matter a lot of times. But you want to know what makes debt matter. It's it's rising rates, right? So so rising rates, it's not the problem here. The problem is debt. And it's unfortunate that he, he couldn't kind of call it out for what it is. He t- said key factor in recent volatility has been pronounced rise in real long in, long-term interest rates. I mean, he's not totally incorrect, but, but you got to... F- put the whole story in there. The reason this is such a big problem that, that rates can't rise above 3 4% without people panicking, uh, government bonds at least, is because we got too much debt in the first place, okay? So, um, of course, uh, David Rosenberg from CNBC mocks him. When the architect of the Greenspan put, tells investors to run for cover as he did today on CNBC. Uh, I think it was on CNN, actually. Uh, the interview, but regardless, you know that we finally have a bona fide contrary buy signal. Well, I I I could totally say he might be wrong, but but you know over the long term, I, I think you know, I tend to think Greenspan is is right on this, but, but I guess we'll see. Um, Jeffrey Saint Clair, uh, he says as usual with Greenspan, whatever he recommends, bet the opposite. Gary Levine, whoever that is, I'm now more bullish. Alan Greenspan is a great contrarian indicator. So, 
There you have it. Greenspan thinks that, that the party's over in the stock market. I find it hard to disagree, considering that the punch bowl, the proverbial punch bowl, has kind of been removed from the party. That's that's QE. That's low interest rates, right? Rate, rates are rising. Uh, the the uh, balance sheet is being unwound. It's just a matter of um, how long this is going to go. You know, I was, I was on the Daily Coin yesterday, and I kind of talked about my, my idea on this, that, that basically... <clears throat> we had a lot of stimulative pro- uh, policies worldwide for a long time, whether it's um, short-term stimulus, uh, 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 fiscal spending, um, um, easing interest rates, uh, or easy monetary policy, low interest rates, below 0%, sometimes in nominal terms, sometimes or oftentimes, almost always in real terms. Tons of QE, uh, you know, tax cuts. We, we saw that here in the United States in 2018. All those policies that just kind of reflated time and time again. Well, right now we're seeing a lot of factors come together that, that are causing a tightening of this of these bubbles, of, of the economy as a whole, right? You have the Fed tightening. You have the ECB slowly tightening. The Bank of Japan slowly moving in that direction. Bank of uh, People's Bank of China and the Chinese government kind of not uh, helping out their own economy as much as they have in the past because they realize they're in a bubble. So you have all these things working together at the same time. Can it be reflated? Yes. But the longer and longer we move in this deflation of these bubbles, the more and more we move in this direction, the more and more likely I think it's going to be that the Fed, U.S. government, and other uh, governments and central banks will have to act in a reactive manner. Not a proactive where they can reflate things before they totally fall apart, but a Sorry, not a proactive, but a react. Proactive would be having to you know, reflate before things fall apart. They're going to have to be reactive here, and that means uh, things are going to get very bad and bad enough to the point where the Fed has to cut interest rates significantly. They have to start with printing presses again, QE, and, and whatever other policies they have in store. So, anyways, I hope you enjoyed this video. Um, I hope you enjoy uh, watching this coverage as, as the Fed comes out with one of their more important meetings that they've had in the last you know five years. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Powell does today. Uh, not only what he does, but but what he says, what the Fed says about this, what I think will be a hike. But that remains to be seen. As always, if you want to help out my channel, the number one thing you can do is to watch it. And you've already done that. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video. And God bless.